Welcome to Wild Times in Minnesota Lake Country with Kelly and Carol. And today we are going to look forward and up. <laughs> Our special guest uh, once again is Dr. Sarah Schultz, and she is the Director of Planetarium at uh, MSUM, Minnesota State University, Moorhead. And welcome, Dr. Schultz. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's always fun to, to look up every once That's in a while. Right. <laughs> we love to get people outside, no matter where you are, and um, enjoying the outdoors. And even if that means it's already dark, because that happens in the wintertime, right? By the time I, you know, get off from work, it's already dark again. So I'm actually doing a lot of winter stargazing, whether I like it or not. <laughs> dark on my way to you know, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier to do it this time of year because yeah we have a lot more darkness than we do a daytime so and the yeah, skies you are might as well know what you're looking for right <laughs> yes and the skies are often clear too which makes it a little bit colder which is a challenge as well but um it's still fun to get out there Right. So yes. Yeah, so we're we're moving from February into March, and uh, we're gonna. It's. I think it's one of the more beautiful times of the year too, because it's really quiet uh, out on those lakes, and uh, like you said, uh, we start gaining more daylight, but um, people are more apt to get out because they. We have been very uh, cabin feverish, I'd say, for the last ten months. <laughs> so there's a lot of people needing an excuse maybe to get out, especially in the evening hours yeah. um, unless you're kelly or carol and then you just go outside anyways <laughs> <laughs> but there is a limit kelly there is a limit. <laughs> oh come on <laughs> no such thing as too cold just poorly dressed people <laughs> okay good point all right. All right. So Dr. Schultz, let's talk a little bit about what people will be seeing in the next few weeks, uh, days in February and into March as they look up at the sky in Minnesota Lake Country. Yeah. So um, we're still in our winter sky officially um, until, you know, March 21st or so when we transition to spring. Um, however, at this time of year, we can see our winter constellations, and then if you decide to stay up a little bit later, you can start seeing our spring constellations as well. Um, and so I'm going to help you try to find some of those constellations in our sky. And so I will show, share my screen if that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I will also try to describe what we're seeing as we go for those of you who are just listening in. Um, so can you see the night sky? Yes. Yes. yes absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. So it looks like we're right about at seven o'clock. I wanted to show you what we can find in our sky. So if it was too cold for you, because it has been a bit chilly lately, um, you're waiting for it to warm up a little bit, then you're still going to be able to see this right around seven o'clock. So right now we're facing south. So if you're wondering which direction to look for south, if you pay attention to where the sun sets, the sunset is going to be off in the west. And so if you're facing where suns the sunset, then it's going to be on your left. So you're going to turn left and you're going to look towards the south. And you can see here that we've got quite a few things going on in our sky. And actually, we've got one planet out, Mars. So if you look off towards the south and look up, you'll probably see what looks kind of like a reddish star. And that's going to be our planet Mars. So Mars is hanging out in our sky. Um, and Uranus is there too, but we can't actually see it with the naked eye. So 
Um, it's labeled there, but you wouldn't be able to see it. Now, the thing that we're gonna look for specifically in the Southern sky is Orion. Orion is our most prominent winter constellation. And Orion we typically find by looking for his three bright belt stars. So we're looking off to the south, we're facing south and we're gonna look off a little bit to the southeast. And you're gonna look for three bright stars right in a row. So I'll point those out here. But if you're looking in the sky tonight or in the next month or so, typically you can find Orion's belt. Now we can go up to his shoulders here. So there's a bright star at his shoulder, kind of an orange star and that is um, Betelgeuse. And we can go down, Rigel down here where his legs are. And so we can take a look at Orion. Now, one really fun thing in Orion is in his belt, kind of is in his midsection here, is Orion, the Orion Nebula. So if you have a pair of binoculars, it would be really neat to go and look at that with a pair of binoculars, or if you have a, a telescope, but a lot of, more people have binoculars and telescopes, I think. Um, and so if you decide to go out stargazing, take your binoculars with you and check some of these things out. The other thing I really like to point out when you after you found Orion is to look up higher in the sky, more towards directly south, and you'll see kind of a V shape. It's a big V shape, and here's that little V shape here. It looks small on our screen, but up in the real sky, it'll be nice and big. That is the face of Taurus the bull. Now, Taurus is pretty fun to look for as well because that V shape is actually a star cluster. So if you have those binoculars, it's called the Hyades. You can look at the star cluster, the Hyades, with the binoculars, and it'll look pretty neat. Um, and additionally, in um, Taurus, is another star cluster called the Pleiades. And the Pleiades you can see very nicely um, with the naked eye, but if you have a pair of binoculars, again, you're gonna see a much better picture of what that looks like. Now the and one Sarah, thing, go ahead. That's, that's uh, seven stars, right? The Pleiades is a group of seven? Well, we can see seven. It's actually can, group, okay, uh, good. a star cluster made up of hundreds of stars but we can see six or seven with the naked eye. That's um, great. That's one of my favorites. I don't, I don't know why. I think I just heard a great story about it one time and sure. always, yeah. you know, there's Orion. Now I'm going to look for Pleiades up there. And it's always been my favorite too, because it's one of those really cool objects that you can see just without any, um, you know, assistance. And so, um, it also has a really fun name. Um, in Japan, they call it Subaru. Oh, and so oh. you may have heard of Subaru. And if you notice the logo for those those cars, it is made up of stars. And so it's made up of the, the Pleiades or the Seven Sisters. Oh, cool. So yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, and so I think that for me, Taurus is probably one of my favorite constellations just because it has the Pleiades in it. Um, and so these are two of the main constellations you would find in our winter sky looking south. And so I'm gonna bring up those constellations just so we can see them a little bit better. Um, oh, that's, that's great. This so now isn't, is Pleiades and Taurus, they're part of the swan or? So Taurus is a constellation on his own. He's a bull, Taurus. Oh, right, right, okay. Um, the swan is in our summer sky. So Cygnus oh. is part of our summer triangle. 
Um, and I guess you'll have to have me come back later. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Write that down right now. I'm, I'm just always looking for the wildlife in the sky. <laughs> yes. Well, so we've got, you know, Taurus the bull, but then underneath Orion is Lepus the hare. Oh, you oh. so have Lepus the hare down here is Orion and his hunting dogs are, are chasing after Lepus. Um, and so you can find him in the sky tonight and over the next few weeks. Is that a unicorn I see? It is a unicorn. <laughs> yes. Monoceros is a unicorn. It's not very well known because the stars are not particularly bright. Um, but it kind of looks like Orion's little hunting dog, Canis Minor, is on his back. So if you look for Canis Minor, you can try to find Monoceros, the unicorn, underneath. So as we're transitioning closer and closer to March and into April, um, we're going to see some other constellations in our sky. And so I want to show you how to find one of our prominent ones. So you can find these um, tonight or the next few weeks if you stay up later. So as our earth is turning, we see different constellations at different times of the night. And so we would be, as we transition throughout the night, we're gonna start seeing some of our spring constellations. So I'm just advancing time. Now you can see we're getting closer and closer to midnight. So you have to be a bit more of a night owl. But if you do decide to stay up, now notice our constellations that we're looking at um, have transitioned over to the east. And so now we're looking south again, closer to midnight, and we're gonna look for a backwards question mark. And that backwards question mark is going to be the head and front end of our lion, Leo. And so we're gonna look from south up for a backwards question mark right here. You see my backwards question oh, mark? Yes. There it is. That's very cool. And that is Leo, well, that's the star in Leo, but we can take a look at Leo as well. So Leo is our prominent spring constellation. So we know when we start seeing Leo in our sky more that we're transitioning towards springtime. Um, and so he's typically the one that we look for the most. Um, I do have a fun story about Corvus and Crater, but it's a bit of a long one. So um, <laughs> basically the Corvus is a crow and crows used to be beautiful silvery white birds with beautiful singing voices. And that is nothing like what they sound like or look like these days. Um, but it turns out that this crow was very greedy and selfish. And he was a servant to Apollo and he was supposed to get him some water with Crater the his cup. And he decided to eat a bunch of figs instead and took too long and then lied about not being able to get the water because of Hydra, the big water snake, keeping him from the river. Well, of course, the god knew that the crow was lying. And so he took away his beautiful singing voice and gave him the sound that crows make now. <laughs> and because of his, so for his lie, he took away his singing voice. And because of his greed, he gave him the coal black feathers of a crow. So there's another animal you can look for in the sky. Um, Certainly there are all kinds of other animals, but a crow is one we'd actually know and see on a regular basis as opposed to a lion or a sea snake. <laughs> <laughs> and I love mythology. <laughs> yes. And There's that's a lot of crazy stories about the animals in the sky for sure. 
that's pretty low on the horizon. If you live in an area where there's a lot of trees, will you still be able to see Corvus? Um, you know, it depends. I suppose it depends on how close the trees are. Um, but it's it's fairly highish in the sky. Okay. Um, but although, but it is kind of faint as well. So it's a little bit harder to see just because it's not as bright. But if you're out in the country somewhere, um, I think you should still be able to see it. Very cool. And if you're out on a lake in the middle of nowhere, you probably yes, lakes are perfect <laughs> place to be if you want to go sky gazing for sure. As long as it's completely frozen, right? <laughs> Which it should be by now. <laughs> I like how some of the names can also make sense in terms of their wildlife connection. Corvus, uh, our crows are corvids <laughs> family, and then. Um, the uh, Cygnus, the swan, Cygnus is the uh, species name for um, our trumpeter swan. So I see a lynx in the sky. On oh, yes. Uh-huh. Well. Mm -hmm. Yep, we have lynx up there too. Yeah, there's lots of animals up in our sky. We actually oftentimes will do shows at the planetarium and talk about just the, the sky zoo. So the zoo that we see, you know, all the animals that we see up in the sky. And then, you know, compare them to the animals that we see on earth as well. So that's always fun. All right. We're on, we're on the screen and on your podcast in your ears today with Dr. Sarah Schultz. She is the director of the planetarium at MSUM and uh, talking about the February and March night sky and some beautiful uh, sky viewing opportunities out there, I'm sure. And then coming weeks as uh, we are in uh, the downswing of winter, hopefully. <laughs> Our yeah. little groundhog said we had six more weeks, but maybe <laughs> if we have clear skies, that's all the better. <laughs> we can get out and see Absolutely. at night. Um, yeah, so that's very cool. And I always, I'm always the one that has that little, that little saying, first star, uh, what is it? Star bright, starlight, first star I see tonight. Is there a, one star that comes out before all the others or is it just whoever, you know, is it just your own eyes that may see? So it is partially your eyes, but also, um, you know, it's typically if you have a particularly bright star, um, it just depends on where you're looking. Uh, sometimes those, those first stars that people see are actually planets. Um, because oftentimes the planets, well, the planets are usually brighter than the stars are. And so the, you'll be able to see them sooner than you'll be able to see, um, any of the stars start to show up after sunset. Um, but it really just depends on the time of year and where you're looking. And so it's, it's not typically a star, um, that is well known for coming out first. All right. So when I'm driving home, it's getting dark. Let's say it's we'll just say seven o'clock <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, it's getting pretty dark at that time. I'm looking south. I should be, a, the bright star would be Mars then probably. Probably. But, yes. Although, um, if it's at, so at seven o'clock, actually, let's see here. Let me rewind time just a little bit. Um, at this time of year, right around seven o'clock, you're going to see, yeah, if you see kind of an orangish looking star, it's going to be Mars. Although Sirius is down here closer to the horizon. Uh -huh. And Sirius is the brightest star in our nighttime sky. Uh -huh. So there's a very good chance that um, you, if you see a bright star close to the horizon towards the south, then that's probably Sirius. 
Um, and you can use Sirius to kind of shoot up into the sky to find the belt of Orion as well. Usually we work the other way around. So we use the belt stars to shoot down to Sirius. Um, but you know that if you can find a really bright star in the southern sky, then you're probably getting pretty close to finding Orion. Okay. Oh, very cool. All right. Oh, and I just have to ask, because the last time we spoke to you, uh, Dr. Schultz, we were talking about the uh, Jupiter and Saturn um, conjunction. Mm -hmm. And uh, where have they gone? So, you know, it's funny because I was just looking um, before we started visiting and I was looking in the software here. Um, and they're actually really close to the sun right now. So okay. they're in our daytime sky. If we could turn off the sun, we'd be able to see them. Um, but of course the sun is much too bright for that. So, um, they haven't gone anywhere. They, we just can't see them because they're, they've moved closer to the sun in their orbit. So well, I'm looking forward to our next full moon. That is also a great time to be outside, um, in the evening when you can actually find your way around. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love, um, you know, moon shadows when the moon is so bright that the trees have really prominent shadows and um, you can, you know, see so much happening. So it's a, it's a great time to, um, you know, to really kind of see all of the odd things that happen, <laughs> you know, that normally you don't see because it's dark. Out, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, the, the bright moon can really, um, yeah, it, it can be really a neat experience if you're out, maybe like, maybe you're cross country skiing or something at night. And, you know, it's, it's fun to be out there when it's so bright, you wonder how, it's just surprising how bright it can be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and with the snow, you know, I feel like in the winter time, it's even brighter with that reflection off the snow. So it's, it does, it feels like twilight, you know, or daytime when you're out there and it and of course this time of year it it's you know it doesn't have to be really late um eight o'clock at night and um and it's would normally be dark unless there's a full moon right <laughs> right exactly <laughs> and how the moon the moon phases too i like watching those like the fingernail moon and also how the moon changes color you know, with it's uh, when it rises and then when it sets as well. Right, um, kind yeah. of it's like a sunset and a and a sunrise. It's mm -hmm. the same with the moon. Right. Um, and if you are interested in going out to do some moon observing, um, if you have a small telescope or if you have binoculars, the best time to do it is when it's not full, because um, you want to be able to see. Number one, the full moon is super bright, so it gets to be kind of hard to look at. Um, with binoculars or with a, a telescope. But if you look at it when it's partially covered, so if you have like a crescent moon or a half moon or something, um, you can really see the um, texture better. Um, it gives a lot more um, perspective. And it's really neat, especially to look along the Terminator, so that line between day and night, um, to see that the topography there. And it's, it's really fun. I've seen it um before and just it just blows my mind so just some hints if you want to do some moon observing that's the best time to do it More yeah like that's interesting even you know we've a lot of folks have been taking pictures of the moon and um and you you often see that during full moon but um that's a great tip because i do feel like i always wondered why it always seemed 
more crisp and when it wasn't quite full. Yeah. It's a lot harder to get a photograph of the I think it really has to do with just the way that we perceive things. Um, but if you, because when it's all illuminated, then you don't have anything to kind of compare to. There's no contrast there. And so it kind of just all blends together. But when you have that definite change, you can really see those, the shadows too are really neat. So you're talking about tree shadows, um, but the shadows from the craters and things are really neat to, to look at as well. So great. Great. So some good tips if you're heading outside and make a point to head outside at night and all the more importance to, to uh, for those dark skies <laughs> at night, uh, find a place where you don't have a lot of light pollution and uh, gaze up at the stars and the moon and uh, take it all in and take a breath That's of fresh air. <laughs> All right, Wild Times with in Minnesota Lake Country with Kelly and Carol and Dr. Schultz uh, today, Dr. Sarah Schultz from MSUM's uh, Planetarium. She's the director and uh, have has the planetarium opened up or uh, do you have a kind of a schedule um, formulating a little bit? Or? We're, we're talking about um, kind of starting to open things up. Um, we're able to open up a little bit now um, to small groups. Um, but we don't have a definite plan yet for kind of a timeline. I'm hoping that it's sooner than, than later. Um, but of course we want to be careful as well. Um, and especially for myself and my staff, um, as well. So we are starting to slowly open. Um, I'm not sure. I'm hoping that we can plan some sort of a, you know, grand reopening type thing, but at this point, we're not sure when that would be. So, okay. One day at a time. Right. So, so go out and see the real thing. <laughs> Bundle up <laughs> and head outside. That's, and then just look up. <laughs> there you go. It's pretty easy to do. Well, Dr. Schultz, thank you so much for joining us today and for your time. And we will definitely have you back. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. All right. Wild Times in Minnesota Lake Country with Kelly and Carol and uh, fascinating stuff. I always like talking about the night sky. Yes, I, that is my favorite time to watch the sky. I, although there are some really great summertime, uh, you know, when the sky is really clear and, and no moon. But uh, I, there's something much more crisp and amazing about that winter sky. <laughs> see a little deeper a little farther I think <laughs> all right well Kelly uh soon we'll be able to get outside again <laughs> in yes. the coming episodes I'm so excited I think you know just the fact that uh it's not as dark as long uh you know I can tell the the morning is a little bit brighter earlier and definitely at night it's staying lighter longer so those are some great signs that gives you uh some new hope <laughs> uh for the coming months to get out there and enjoy uh nature but like Kelly said you can get out anytime it's not the cold it's how you dress right to do a little owl prowling in the moonlight <laughs> Ooh. time for that are barred owls and great horned owls and screech owls and saw wet owls they're all just pretty active uh you know into february looking at setting up territories and so who knows it could be loud and uh bright <laughs> 
As usual, Kelly, always a wild time. And uh, thanks to Dr. Schultz and for appearing on the show with us today. Until we meet again, have a wild time of your own. <laughs>